Unique New York. Unique New York. Almost fucked it up immediately. You know what the vowels are? A E O. I don't know what they are. This is a bad start. Hey, everybody, it's two. God. I almost said Wednesday still, and. You scared me. Sorry. Alarming. Yeah, like the start, the start, stop. I was like, what do we do? Alarming. Hey, everybody, it's Tuesday, January the 13th, 2021. Fuck. <laughs> Didn't get it this week. Every day is Tuesday. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Tuesday, January the 13th, 2021, and this is the 4th and Wrong Podcast. I'm your host, RJ, and joining me as always is Keith. Say hi, Keith. Hi, Keith. Yeah! Look who's already... Look who I don't have to, like, force enthusiasm into this week. He's so just, like... <laughs> are, are, I... Are you, I still, been... are you still at a tipping point like you were I... several days ago? Y- yeah. Yeah, and now, I, now that now that you get to finally uncork and talk, I finally about it, get to I finally get to, and I'm just going to keep like rip. making sure that I talk over <laughs> you so that you don't actually get to say anything. I mean, it, I will oh enforce my, my filibuster God. ability uh, upon this podcast and my ability to just edit you out. No, all right, we're not going to do that. I seed my time. <laughs> I heard enough of that today. Yeah, uh, <laughs> topical. <laughs> yeah, Richmond out. <laughs> uh, so there's football this weekend yeah there was there was six games not a lot of games but there were six not a them. lot of games super S- wild card weekend, S- S- super say. wild card weekend uh and it was bookended by our two teams it was and we're gonna do the weekend in reverse so we're gonna do it backwards <laughs> uh bills played saturday afternoon 1, 1 p.m. 1 p.m. Browns played Sunday night around like 8 or 8.15 or eight, whatever. 8.15, something like that. Yep. And guess what both these teams did? What'd they do, Keith? Tell them. They won a playoff game. At the same time? At, in the same year. What? The I Browns. bet they've. I bet that's never happened before. I bet you. I am almost willing to bet an entire month's salary that there has never been a time in the NFL where the Browns and the Bills have won a playoff game in the same year. Ever. I am that confident in my uh, in my knowledge of the NFL. Also, I already know the answer to this. The Browns and the Bills have never won a playoff game in the same year. Never. Not once. Never. So how much did they owe, like, us a thank you for bringing the podcast back? I mean, really? I mean, that has to be what it is. It's the only thing different. It doesn't make, I mean... It's not like Cleveland's had sweeping coaching changes over the past year. And it's not like Bills have spent the last three years properly building a team around Josh Allen or anything who's also suddenly developed. 
Nope, all us. Yeah. All us. Yo, us. Remember, yep. back in the day, Tredavious White was trash. Yep. Now, the Bills and the Browns are moving on to the divisional round. And they're basically in completely opposite different places when it comes to moving into the divisional round. And we'll get to that. Yeah. So, the Browns haven't been to the playoffs in 2000, since 2002. We covered that last week. Yeah. 18 years. I still feel like we should sort of rewind a little bit, but maybe we'll get the rewind a little bit into this. Uh, Be- rewind the what? Well, I mean, how bad do you, th- how stupid do you think the Steelers feel for uh, resting against you guys the week prior? Yeah. No, we'll definitely get to that. So, in order. So, yeah, we'll rewind a little bit. In order for the Browns to get into the playoffs, we covered it a couple of weeks ago. We covered it last week. It was a win and in against the Steelers last game of the season. If we lost, we needed help. Well, fortunately, the, the Steelers could not improve their seeding in the AFC playoffs. Unless, I think if they um, won and we lost, they would still uh, get the two. Sure. Well, they couldn't They couldn't improve their position as far as like home field advantage and bye weeks and stuff. Right. Um, until it would have only affected the divisional round and the conference championship as far as their seeding was concerned because they were going to get home field in the first round. They could not get a bye. Yeah. So they decided to rest a few starters uh, in week 17. They rested Big Ben. Uh, they rested a couple of defensive starters, but some key players were still out there. Juju was out there. Uh, Chase Claypool was out there. Minka Fitzpatrick was out there. So it wasn't all just reserve and second, third string. Um, but it certainly was not, uh, certainly wasn't, you know, the, the, the all-star roster, um, so to speak. And the Browns went and won and it turned into a tough game and they won. And that earned them a wild card spot for the first time in 18 years against the Steelers. Just flipping locations. In Pittsburgh now. Yeah. That game was in Cleveland. Now we got to travel to Pittsburgh for our first playoff game in 18 years. Rewind even further. What was what happened the last time? The, the last Browns two the times, <laughs> yeah, the last two times the Browns have been in the playoffs. Uh, they lost to the Steelers in 2002. It was in the wild card, and the last time the Browns won a playoff game and made it to the divisional round was 26 years ago in 1994 and they lost to the Steelers in the divisional round. So fast forward to Sunday. First time in the playoffs in 18 years. Haven't won a playoff game in 26 years. We get the Steelers again in Heinz Field. Okay. There was shit being said from the Steelers side of the ball. Mike Tomlin called us nameless gray faces, and then Juju Smith-Schuster repeated said phrase. Juju Smith-Schuster also said that the Browns is the Browns. I don't know what to tell you. It's the same team we play twice a year, every year, and we beat the pants off of them. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 17-0 and with Big Ben at Heinz Field against the Steelers. First play of the game. Against the... Yes. Or, uh, yeah. Against the Big Browns. Ben against the Browns. 17-0, and Big Ben with the Steelers against the Browns in Heinz Field. First play of the game. All-pro, all-star, pro bowler, Marquise Pouncey, 
yeets that shit into the end zone <laughs> right over Big Ben's head. Well, he and my man, he doesn't right quite here, make it to the end zone. Well, yeah, it it makes it to about the one or the two, and then uh, Big Ben and James Conner run back after the ball, and then they look at it and pull a Cam Newton. You get it? No, you get it. And then Carl Miles Joseph Garrett. goes, "Don't worry, guys." <laughs> Miles Garrett. And Carl Joseph and the entire Cleveland Browns secondary and defensive line goes, don't worry, guys, we got it, and slam through them and bounce it into the end zone. And Carl Joseph comes up like this, holding the ball in triumph as the ref signals touchdown. And that was the first play. 14 seconds, and the Browns go up 6-0. Cody Parkey bangs it through. 7-0 Browns. But it gets better. It gets much better. We kick the ball off again. Cody Parkey has now kicked the ball three times in 14 seconds. We kick the ball off again. They get a decent return on the kickoff. And then Big Ben... Their attitude has to be, the game's still 0-0. This is the opening kickoff. We can't get let that get into our heads. It was a mistake. Marquise Pouncey doesn't make mistakes like that, but it happened. Let's rock and roll. Not doing anything out of the shotgun for a little bit. Yeah, maybe we'll relax a little bit. But, first play of the second drive from the shotgun. Snaps good. Uh, you know, a little bit of running play with James Conner. No big deal. They start working the short passing game. Connor gets a couple of big yards. And then Big Ben gets flush out of the pocket. Uh, tries to... Um, tries to dump the ball off. It gets tipped. And then it gets intercepted. And then three plays later, incomplete pass, short middle pass to Austin Cooper. And then a slant pattern from Jarvis Landry from the slot takes it 40 yards to the house. Browns are up 14-0. It was real quick. After (laughs) after Cody Parkey bangs it through. The Browns are up 14-0. Only, at this point in time, only five minutes in the entire game has elapsed. The next Pittsburgh drive, they go three and out. They punt the ball. And that was really the point where I felt like stuff started to turn around because it was like, oh, you guys got a regular stop too. Yeah, there was a little bit of momentum going in our favor, but this is the first time we actually... This is the first time we actually had to, you know, we had to go down a length of the field. Um, right. It wasn't, it was kind of a bad punt. Uh, we set it up, we set up like at the 35 um, of our 35. And this was the part where you were starting to message me and you were like, we're going. And I was like, man, you guys still haven't even like, that was mm-hmm. so fast. I don't even think you've started yet. <laughs> Exactly. And this was the drive. Like mm-hmm. you, I felt it with this drive too. This was the drive because I told you, I was like, that was good and all, but we got set up with short field and that first play was a gift. 
Yeah. So the first play was a gift, and the the first drive we got set up with short field, so there was no pressure. Now we're at our own thirty five, and we got to march against arguably the Steelers' best asset, which is their defense. Mm-hmm. One of the best pass rushes in the league, solid secondary. Mika Fitzpatrick's still out there flying around like a crazy person, one of the best safeties in football. Six plays later, later we score another touchdown. Yeah. Kareem Hunt from 11 yards out refuses to die and literally disrespects every single tackler that touched him on an 11-yard scamper to the end zone. Yep. Um, shortly coupled by a couple of uh, Cleveland Brown linemen falling behind him to literally barrel him into the end zone. Which is funny because for the game in in a more general sense, Kareem Hunt didn't even have that many yards. He was just like, mm-hmm. he was he just was a closer. closer. Yeah. <laughs> He was the closer in that change of pace back. Next Pittsburgh Steelers drive. Three pay, three plays. Throws it deep, overshoots his target, picked off again. So he's up to he's still at two at this point. So we have one fumble from Marquise Pouncey and two interceptions. The Browns start play uh after a wonderful return on that interception by Sheldrick Redwine. Returned it for like 30-something yards. We set up shop at Pittsburgh's 15. A couple of runs by Nick Chubb. Sets us seven yards out. Give it to good old Kareem Hunt again. Yeah. Bounces it to the outside. Makes a defender look silly. Punches it in for another touchdown. We're now 28. We're now up 28 to nothing. The most points anyone has ever scored in the first quarter the most of a playoff game. Anybody has ever scored in the first quarter of a playoff game. Now, the way that they kept phrasing it was most points ever scored in the first quarter of a playoff game. Are they talking about teams combined, even? Um, they're talking about in the modern Super Bowl era, no team has scored 28 points in one quarter. Okay. In the or twenty eight points in the first quarter of a playoff game, but they are talking per team. They're not talking a per combined team. score. Yes, okay. correct. No team, no singular team has scored twenty eight points in the first quarter of a playoff game. Most teams don't get a gift on the first play, <laughs> right? So at this point, I'm a little excited. Um, yeah, yeah. This is when the all caps started flying. This is I was. <laughs> everything that was the only yelling i was allowed to do because mind you little context i was watching this game at work i have yeah. a partner who's already laying in bed because at this point it's like 8 39 o'clock and i work 24 hour shifts we sleep at work my partner's already in bed we're in a tiny station this is how i had to yell the entire dime during that first 10 minutes of this game fucking <laughs> and then grab my phone what the fuck was that <laughs> <laughs> It was a complete dismantling. Mm-hmm. Complete dismantling. That first play set a tone very quickly. And it wasn't even like the Browns were doing anything special. They were forcing the Steelers to make mistakes. And then they were just beat, just out, out, just out toughing them. They were just playing substantially more physical football. Yeah, it was. Defense, it was a. A comment I made to you where it's just like, you guys are just beating them, it feels like, on every single play. Like, you're just winning every down. Yeah. The, yeah, the defensive the defensive line was in the pocket almost every snap. You know, 
Big Ben didn't get sacked this entire game, but that's because their offense is designed to get rid of the ball in like two seconds right. because they have no running game. So they rely on the short passing game to supplement their running game. Short passes don't take that long to set up. So it's literally a two-step drop, dump it to a receiver. Two-step drop, dump it to a receiver. But every play, either Okunjobi was in his face, Miles Garrett was in his face, you know, fucking um, that 97, the dude we have playing on a rotation right now because Olivier Vernon is hurt. He was in his face. It was just muscle, muscle, muscle football. So after that... Also, you uh, guys are making all these interceptions, missing your top two corners still. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. Our top two corners are on the COVID list. That's some context we also didn't mention at the top of this game. Yeah. Top two corners, as well as... Kevin uh, Stefanski. (laughs) Yeah, as well as Joe Batonio. Joe Batonio, yeah. Our our all-star left guard and one of the best guards in the game. And our head fucking coach, Kevin Stefanski, are all watching this game from their houses on the COVID list. And not only was it just Kevin Stefanski, it was also some position group coaches too. Yeah. So our special teams coach was our interim head coach for this game. Our, I think it was our, it was like our tight ends coach or something like that was calling plays. Like the only play. Yeah, the only Alex play caller. Yeah, Alex Van Pelt. The only play caller. The only play caller on that team from the regular season was our defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. The head coach and the offensive. Like Kevin Stefanski is the head coach, and he also calls the plays. Even though we have an offensive coordinator, um, so no offensive play caller, no head coach, no position coaches, except for a few position coaches and our defensive coordinator were the only coaches we had out there. Our coaching assistants and interns were filling in interim position coaches as interim position coaches for this game. And we went up 28 to nothing in 12 minutes. One of which, I will admit, was a gift. But then there's three times where they gave us the ball or we got the ball from them and we had to, we had to score. After that last touchdown, uh, Steelers get a sustained drive. They punt the ball away. We go three and out. We punt the ball away. Um, and then uh, Big Ben throws another pick. So now we have three picks on Big Ben. In the first half. In the first half. We didn't capitalize on it. We didn't score on that pick. But obviously anytime we have the ball with a 28 to nothing lead... That's a good thing. Uh, the Steelers, late in the first half, finally respond with a touchdown. We respond back with a touchdown, and then they end the half with a kick, with a field goal. So at halftime, this is a 35-10 to 10 game. Well, okay, hold on. Um, I think that it was super, super important and really the deciding factor more than mm-hmm. anything because we were we were starting to have the conversation where it was like 28 to nothing's nice, and I was like, but they, gotta, they really got to score at least one more time. Yeah. And, like they and, probably needed like at least ten more points, and you know at that point, uh, thirty eight would it beat thirty seven? You know, you mm-hmm. ended up with forty eight. Um, but also the fact that you were able to turn around and respond to a touchdown with another touchdown, and just be mm-hmm. like, no, 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 you're not, you're yeah. not gaining any ground here, was yep. super key. Yeah, and that and that touchdown came when when the Steelers scored their last touchdown of the half. There was only like two minutes and some change left in the half. You know, that's that not only was that touchdown important for us to respond to their score, 
they also did it on his two minute drill. Right. You know, so it was, it not only showed that we can march the entire length of the field and score on you, we can do it quickly. We can do it when we want to. We're going to dictate when we score. You know, they turned around and marched right back down on us and got a field goal. No big deal. 35 to 10 at the half. I will take it at this point because I'm losing my fucking mind. <laughs> um, and then... Things kind of slowed down. Things kind of slowed down. Uh, at least for the Browns. Yeah, the Steelers scored a couple of times after this. But at this point in time, we, we saw a... We saw a kind of a little bit of a defensive scheme change. We're still really being very aggressive up front with our with our pass rush because we're just gonna. We got Miles Garrett and company. They're gonna try to kill everyone in front of them. Right. Um, but the secondary was definitely playing off a lot more and just keeping the ball in front of them. And it was allowing it was allowing the the Steelers to get downfield and score touchdowns. And there was a point where. I was worried because this is the Browns and this was starting to feel exactly like 2002. Mm -hmm. We had a 25 point lead and the Steelers are offensively capable to come back and win this game. In 2002, we had a three score lead against the Steelers and they scored 20 something points in the fourth quarter, like it was like 18 points or something like that in the fourth quarter to come back and sneak that victory. Mm-hmm. Um, they have an entire half to make up 25 points. It is definitely possible. You are talking the, about completely different teams, but you know. Oh, sure. But th- I wasn't thinking about it. You got to understand the, the emotional state of mind I was in. Sure. At this, At this point, point, you're you just know. having nom flashbacks. Yeah, exactly. Like it's like, oh fuck, we've been here before, dude. It's thirty-five, twenty-three. Like, tell you uh, about Philip Rivers yeah. throwing a hail mary, but we'll yeah, get to that. it's only a twelve-point game. Bleh. And then the Browns scored another touchdown, mm-hmm. and it was it was forty-two, twenty-three. Now it's a nineteen-point game. Ooh, three scores again. <laughs> Ooh. And then this, and then the Steelers score another touchdown. And it's like ah fuck. But then they go for two, and they don't convert. So, will that be important later? Turns out, no. But no. maybe feel good at the time. <laughs> um, and then we kick a field goal just to give us a, a little bit of breathing room. Okay. Sustained Cody, Cody drive, Parkey was, kicks this game. Yeah. Sustained drive. Thirteen plays. Six and a half minutes. Kick a field goal to keep it a multi-score game and chew significant amount of time off the clock. Makes me feel a little bit better. And then Big Ben and his infinite wisdom. Decides that Sione Takitaki plays for the Steelers now. <laughs> yeah. C- completely misreads our linebackers. And Sione Takitaki is literally standing in the middle of the passing lane. Still. Did not move, He, he didn't even move. He literally did- shuffled into his zone and stood there. Yeah. And Big Ben rifles it right into his hands. Now, he had to get up there and make a play on it. Yeah. But it was right over his head right in the passing lane and Sione Takitaki goes uh-uh kid <laughs> we're winning a playoff game yeah and then he gets a baller return and then after that return we 
kind of get shut down by the defense a little bit, but at that time, we're just trying to chew clock, man. We're up 45-29, and there's not a lot of game left. There's like two and a half minutes left or something like that at this point. Mm-hmm. So we kick a field goal, and that puts it out to a 19-point game again. And then the Steelers get another garbage time touchdown, finally convert on a two-point conversion. And then go for the onside kick. It's the only chance they got. There's a couple of minutes left. Um, or there's like a minute and some change left, but they're out of timeout, so they got to move quick, get the onside kick. Mm-hmm. Uh, we recovered the onside kick. And for the first time in 26 years, the Cleveland Browns set up a victory formation to win in the wild card round of the fucking playoffs. We're going to the divisional round. We're going to play the fucking Chiefs. We're going to whip their ass too because... We have a recipe now, mm. and that recipe is just be meaner. And guess what? They make it so easy when they keep talking fucking shit because literally Chase Claypool, after this game, was like, they're going to get slapped by the Chiefs. It's like, bro, you already lost. Sit the fuck down, young blood. You got nothing to say to me anymore. Well, and then there, you know? was, Sa- and then there was Sammy Watkins. Oh, we're getting to that. <laughs> Chase, you had your chance to talk shit when we were on the field. And that, that 37 points, that 37 points, like Colin Cowherd said, that 37 points and 500 yards from Big Ben, that was empty calories. You had five turnovers. Your rushing game, your running game was non-existent. Every single, every single point that you scored, every single yard that you gained doesn't mean shit. Because you lost. So... Sit at home, enjoy your vacation, figure out what you're going to do in the coaching room. You and Juju need to figure out whether or not you want to be influencers or football players. Because all that shit talking got you nowhere. The Browns smacked you in the pee-pee. And now we got to go smack the Chiefs in the pee-pee. And Sammy Watkins wants to talk some shit too. Keep giving us stuff to put on the fucking bulletin board. I don't give a shit. Like, I'm fucking... I'm hyped now. Like, (laughs) it's... Now we can now let's agree that the Steelers, you know, let's be honest with us, with each other, you know, they were they were one and four coming down the home stretch of the season. Oh, I didn't mean I yeah. would have loved to have taken the Steelers. Problem is we were never gonna get them first. I was hoping they would have done this, you know, next week. <laughs> what, you the know. Steelers? If yeah, they no one Yeah, no offense to the no offense to like I, I wanted the Browns to win, but if they didn't mm-hmm. win it works out great for me. Because you would have got the Steelers. Yeah, because we would have gotten the Steelers. The Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because, dude, if this is how we played against them, the Bills would have fucking massacred them. Yeah. So let's talk about some individual performances. Uh, Nick Chubb had a relatively productive day. Not big numbers, but he didn't really have to because they kept giving a short field. Yep. Uh, Kareem Hunt, like we already said, uh, not a lot of carries, but efficient when he did have the ball, and he was a closer in the red zone for us. I mean, I would, uh, I, th- I think efficient is generally just the term for this mm-hmm. game. Yep. Uh, Baker Mayfield probably had one of, if not the best performance of his season. Uh, moderate numbers when it comes to the actual yardage gain, but once again, short field. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but uh, 21 for 34, over 60%, three touchdowns, no interceptions, no sacks, um, a QBR of 92, and a passer rating over 100. The Steelers were not able to sack us. They were not able to generate a single QB pressure this entire game with only two starting linemen on the field. 
That's pretty impressive. And and we have one of the best lines in the league. Mm-hmm. So us losing offensive line pieces is kind of a big deal for us. The the tackle is either a tackle or a guard. I can't remember. But one of the offensive linemen that finished the game, Baker Mayfield had just met in the locker room that day. Right. Because we signed him off the Jets practice squad a week ago. Well, he, like, said he cleared COVID pretty quick then, huh? Well, he was already under COVID protocol because he was, cause he was on the Jets practice squad. You can't sign somebody from free agency and they play immediately. Uh, but he but he was on a team, so he was already under the COVID under a team's COVID uh restrictions. Gotcha. So he could play. And guess what? One of our backup linemen got hurt. So this practice squad never started a single football game in his life, who just met our quarterback that day in the locker room. Fortunately has some experience with Bill Callahan, our offensive line coach from another team, but never played a single snap in the NFL. His first snap in the NFL is trying to keep a lead in a playoff game against the Steelers and still no sacks, still no pressures, still no QB hurries. Baker Mayfield had eons to throw the ball back there. And he was on time. You know, Jarvis Landry had a Jarvis Landry performance, almost broke 100 yards, got himself a dub or a touchdown. Nick Chubb closed out the game with a beautiful 40-yard touchdown off of a screen um, where he just you know, made people miss in the open field and then kicked it into second gear and ran down the sideline. Nobody was going to catch him. Yeah. And that pretty much capstoned the game for him. Uh, and then Austin Hooper being a nice, uh, being a nice relief valve for Baker, um, being a safety valve for Baker. Um, Rashad Higgins and Donovan people Jones, a little quiet, but like I said, the offense didn't have to do a lot because you know, the Steelers kept giving a short field. The f- few times we did have to drive the length of the field, uh, we were able to do it with n- the normal amount of efficiency we've seen throughout the, r- the rest of the regular season. Uh, Nick Chubb was gashing for 5 to 10 yards per carry. Um, and uh, we were able to utilize our wide receiver talent to pick apart a zone scheme that normally plays much better. But like we said earlier, Pittsburgh, you know, they're one in four of the last five games of the regular season. It's not the Steelers that started. The Steelers started this entire season sus, and a lot of people called them out on it, you, yourself included. And how many times did we talk about how when they played the Bills, that'd be the first real game they played all season? Turns out they didn't even make it that far. <laughs> nope. So, yeah, it's a lot of... A lot of emotion. There was a lot of emotion on Sunday and Monday. Like, I woke up Monday, I couldn't believe it. I genuinely could not believe it. How'd you wake up feeling on Monday? Uh, you know, I woke up feeling dangerous. Okay. And the reason why I say that, and that's actually kind of a perfect segue into uh, the Chiefs, because we got to play the Chiefs. If there's any year to get the Chiefs in the divisional round, this is the year for it. Because like we've talked about, the Chiefs look human. At least, at least the second half of the season, or yeah. like closing out the season. Yeah, closing they out the season. They, yep, they haven't they haven't won a game by double digits since week eight. A lot of lot of one score games. A lot of one score games. Yep, they have one game this year where they scored more than forty points. We have five. They have one game this year where they rushed for more than hundred yards. We have seven. With with one rusher, 
or 200 yards. Sorry. And they're down Clyde Edwards Alaire. Yep. Um, they only they only have two games where um or two games where they have uh, multiple receivers with uh they have two games they only have two games this season where three receivers or more have a scoring touchdown we have seven hmm. well but when Tyreek Hill can put up three by himself sure and Travis Kelsey gets like the sure. other two sure. And we get Denzel Ward back, who's the only corner in the league that has allowed less than 40% completion when on solo man coverage. I mean, realistically, I think if I think what you really need is you need the Kareem Hunt revenge game. Yeah. So here's and that's you know, also alludes to what I think the formula has to be in order for us to win in the divisional round against the Chiefs, who are arguably still the best team between them and the Brown or them and the Bills. They are the two best teams in the AFC for, for different reasons, but the two best teams in the AFC. We have to maintain that aggression and physicality from the Steelers game and really dominate both fronts of the ball. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to take, not necessarily take away, but limit the impact of those big plays because that's the trend that we've noticed this year with the with the Chiefs offense when it comes to sustaining a drive and getting down the field they are awful mm-hmm. they score their pl- they score their points off of home runs they are the New York Yankees they're the 2018 New York Yankees of the NFL right now the 2018 New York Yankees broke like 16 million home run records, and then they got their asses kicked in the postseason because they could not sustain just contact baseball. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs cannot sustain drives. If we limit the home runs and dominate in the trenches, we got a shot, dude. I think I think this game, if this game was played 10 times, we got it at least three. I think that's... F- <laughs> But I think the, the over under is definitely yeah. a two and a half on that. Yeah, but <laughs> but the problem is we got to play perfect in order for that to happen. Mm-hmm. But like I said about the Titans game, and what I'm going to say again about this game, if we get this brand of the Cleveland Browns against the Chiefs, there's no reason in the world you can tell me that there's no there's nothing you could tell me that would ever make me feel like we could never win this matchup oh no i think i think you are definitely in a position to win the matchup i just i still think you're gonna get bullied i don't think the chiefs are as good as you think they are (laughs) i just don't like they are literally statistically the worst chiefs team in the past four years (laughs) okay well i mean i didn't yeah i didn't know that but yeah, it's the worst Chiefs team since Patrick Mahomes started quarterback for the Chiefs. Well, that was he only, drops back. That was he, only three years ago. Yeah, so three years. It's the worst Chiefs team in the past three years. Uh, he drops back way too far, which means he's super easy to pressure. Because um, his, especially if he's dropping out of the shotgun, he doesn't stay in the pocket, and we have some of the best edge rushers in the league. The mm-hmm. edge rushers are what keep pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Um, and as long as you contain him on the outside and push him 10 yards back from the snap, now he has to throw 70 yards to make a 30-yard completion, you know? Um, 
because he's going to throw across his body and do this weird Patrick Mahomes stuff. They don't know how to sustain a drive. They have a limited to non-existent running game, especially without Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, and their defense is good. Their defense is serviceable this year, but they mm-hmm. are not the dominant force they were last year, and they are not the dominant force they were the year prior. Right. I think if there's any year to get matched up against the Chiefs as the number one seed in the AFC and us being the number six, this is the year. If we're going to beat the Chiefs, this is the time to take advantage. But we have to get a perfect game out of almost everybody on our roster. But we get we're getting Joel Petonio back. We're getting our two best. Um, our, we're getting our two best corners back. We're getting our coaching staff back. I don't know if Kevin Johnson's your second best corner at this point. I mean, and that's coming yeah. from a guy who had Kevin Johnson at his as his second best corner for a year. You know, that's especially with how the players have been stepping up with you know Denzel Ward back and forth off of injury and COVID protocol and stuff like that. You know, you you could be right, um, but we're getting help in the secondary. Yeah. We're getting Joel Batonio back. You're definitely getting your first best cornerback. Back. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're getting Joel Petonia back. We're getting our coaching staff back. Kevin Stefanski's on track to come back on Thursday. No, keep him at home. <laughs> I agree with Nick Chubb. Put him in that basement. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Hey, I get. Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. We got. We got a playoff win with Kevin Stefanski in a, bu- a basement with his phone off. It's like it's it's just like the two of Fitzpatrick Fitzpatrick situation. When you get into yep. the when you get into the postseason, you just swap in that other coach. Yep. We'll have a closing coach and an opening coach. Exactly. That's it. You got um, a special teams coach for a special team. Yeah. But to describe how I feel about this win, it's almost hard to describe. Uh, like I said, it's the first time we've won a playoff game since I've since you know I've been alive. Um, I was literally three when the last time they won a playoff game trust me i'm gonna get vague and sincere in about 20 minutes too so you know yeah um it's the first time we've been in the playoffs since 2002 which was the first time i ever remember watching the browns in the playoffs because they've only they had only been a team at that point in the the expansion era browns had only existed for about a season at that point i think it's funny that you're harkening back to 2002 but you gave me shit about the music city miracle uh-huh. which was literally the year before yeah. that and i'm two years older than you so you can yeah, go fuck but, yourself but you won't get over it i mean you, you, you seem pretty so impassioned you, you said pretty, so yourself you, you, you said so in, yourself you seem pretty impassioned when you were talking about losing to the steelers the last two times too. you said so yourself no you i did still, you still treat the music city miracle like it just happened yeah well it's because it's horseshit I, and that was a forward I, pass it was not. Shut up. It, yeah, I acknowledge. I acknowledge the fact that it's been twenty plus years. You know, eighteen years since we've been to the play- postseason. Um, not only did it feel good to get back into the playoffs because I was hyped last week. Um, to go out and win, especially with like the deck stacked against us as fucking heavy as it was mm-hmm. between all the COVID shit, not having our head coach, all that fun stuff to go out and win is a whole other level. And then to do it against the fucking Steelers, our big brother, quote unquote, in Heinz field. It's bro. No moral victories though. Right. (laughs) That ain't a moral victory. We smacked them right in their fucking peepees dog. Mm. You gave up all those moral victories. You got a real one in in exchange. Yep. I bought $300 worth of steak. (laughs) I was probably going to leave that in at least the outro, but yeah, go on. I'll put it in there again. Victory steak. 
victory stake. Just like I said last week, where I said, you know, this the I would be I would be I would be okay with the Browns losing this Sunday and still consider the season a success. Mm-hmm. Beating the Steelers at home in the wild card round that was icing on the fucking cake, dude. I was already ecstatic about this season, and now like that was my Super Bowl. I always said the first time the Browns make the playoffs since 2002 that's going to be like the super bowl to me and it was especially and it especially against the steelers especially beating them the way we did in heinz field it that was my super bowl if we go out there and we beat the chiefs great i'll see you in the wild i'll see you in the afc championship <laughs> or you'll have to beat the rest of the uh afc or north. i'll have to beat the rest of the afc north to make it to the super bowl but there's literally the only thing that could bring me down is if if the Chiefs just go out and like it's like forty to three, you know, it would have to be that kind of game to ruin my season at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that's all I got on the Browns. Okay, uh, do you want you want a fun fact before we move on? Do it. That I'm totally not stealing from a website. Do it. All right. Yeah, so I want to hear an interesting stat. Yeah, Baker Baker Mayfield fun fact. Seamless. No edits at all. None. Um, Baker has joined Michael Vick as the only Cubase, Cubase. To, to start a dogfighting ring. No. Uh, drafted G- good, first overall. Good, that would break my heart. Drafted first overall to win their first career playoff start on the road. So that's a pretty, that's a pretty obscure, elongated stat. That's pretty first, obscure. First overall pick to win on the road. Yeah, the first overall pick, it's to have their first playoff win be on the road. Yeah, it's a little obscure, but I'll take it. That's history, baby. Justin guess, Herbert took the touchdown title away from me. I guess it does just say first career playoff start on the road, so you could like have home games that you've lost already. Uh, well, that's not as impressive, then. Eh, still kind of impressive. It's Mike Vick. That's decent company to be a part of. Yeah. <laughs> Should have gone, just gone back with the first take when you weren't paying attention. Yeah, right? <laughs> just leave that in. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the last thing I've got on the Browns. I like I like these little insights that this website happens to have. What website is that? It's the NFL.com. Oh, okay. Well, you could have just said that. Yeah. Uh... So the Bills and uh, the Colts. Let me set the table. We got three pizzas from Domino's. We got you did fifty. We got fifty wings from the Carolina Ale House, who have decent wings, by the way. Yeah, they're decent. For anybody Um, that's watching, came with a whole container of celery and carrots and two ten ounce containers of blue cheese because I paid extra for it. Hell yeah! But. I mean, it would have come with 10 ounces, but I was like, I have no idea how much blue cheese I was going to use. The answer is not not 10 ounces. But by the time it gets down to the bottom, you don't want to be scraping that blue cheese. You just want a fresh another blue cheese. Right. And, um, like, if you do scrape the blue cheese, you'll get it, like, on your knuckles because it's a big container, right? So you're in there like... Yeah. Like, like yay big. No. Oh, okay. Nobody knows how big my fucking hands are. And if you're listening to this, you doubly have no idea. Can for context. Yeah. <laughs> Like the bot, you know. Again, ten ounces. There, yeah, fucking like a solid, you, like a solid chode. You fucking figure it out. <laughs> sure, like that. Like a horse's cock, but just but just ten ounces worth. But ten ounces of horse cock. 
Yeah. About yay big. I I'm would glad that we're starting this shit during my segment. I respected <laughs> your fucking passionate takes on every single drive that you had. No, you started with pizza and wings. Fuck off. Yeah, well, you know. Impassionate takes. All right, give me the breakdown. Show me some passion. No, I really don't have it. Um, this this yeah, was a cause while because you, you you almost lost this game. Yeah, this game was a while ago. Well, so that's that's kind of the thing. Like overall thoughts on it was the game was close, but we were never behind. Like we, other than the very beginning of the game, we were never behind. Yeah. Like they like we we went back and forth, but once we went up, you know, seventeen ten really, or after we scored our second touchdown. To go into the half, um, I was like, I feel like we've got pretty sound control of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was another slow start for Buffalo, which is one of the things that I said that they had to avoid last week. Um, Fortunately, it seems like Indy had a slower start. Yeah, they still got on the board first, but um, yeah, like, goal. yeah, goal. our, our second points that first quarter. Our second drive, we did turn around and get a touchdown on a good long drive. Um, and if I recall correctly, um, Josh had a decent deep pass to Diggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 36 yards um, on one play. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was it was a good sustained drive. Um, and yeah, our defense started showing up, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um but it kind of felt like, you know, Philip Rivers didn't make any mistakes um, in this game. Indianapolis really didn't make any mistakes. Um, here's the here's the stat on them that I was most surprised by. The Colts are the first team in the Super Bowl era to lose a playoff game with 450 or more total yards and zero turnovers mm-hmm. in that game. Mm-hmm. Four, they put up 450 on us on the you know combined and didn't turn it over once and still lost mm-hmm. you guys were just able to keep just that much farther ahead and that's i mean listen if that's the kind of football we got to play then dude that's i mean that's what that's playoff football dude yeah that's that's just winning football right there that's a bad bad hard win to football but Josh put up like good, like decent to good numbers. You know, it's not great that he led the team in rushing, uh, or the fact I'd that we've now I lost Zach Moss for the rest of the postseason. I want to say his numbers are decent to good. Twenty six out of thirty five, or twenty six for thirty five, three hundred and twenty four yards and two touchdowns is very good. Yeah, but that I mean that's just Josh now. He's supposed to be an elite quarterback, so it's just a good game. It's not a great game. Got to if we're gonna raise the if we're gonna call Josh Allen elite, we got to raise the bar on what a great game is. He's only got two touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Fair enough. Yeah, he didn't, didn't score nearly enough. He didn't put up five. You know, Diggs only only had one touchdown and 128 yards. He's the best wide receiver in the league. He should have 200 yards. <laughs> got to raise that bar. Now, raise the bar. Uh, Stephon Diggs had an outstanding game. Um six receptions on nine targets, 128 yards, a touchdown definitely continued to be the number one wide receiver that he's proven to be all year long. Um, Gabe Davis. Yeah. Gabe Davis came out and had two of the like just by a hair toe taps. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen all season. Uh, Good morning football literally said, 
Um, they can't do the toe drag swag segment anymore because nothing's going to get better than those two catches because of how fucking close to the sideline he was. Also, that's why you wear white shoes because you can see that little bit of grass in between. Yep. Definitely and, wasn't just a shadow. Yep. And you guys were able to withstand you know, a flurry from this team with probably one of the most egregious penalties I've ever seen in playoff football since the missed pass interference against the in the Rams Saints game. Which was the which penalty was that? I'm looking for it to make sure I don't misspeak. Okay. Because there was the fumble at the end of the game. Well, yeah, there was the fumble. That was definitely a fumble. That man picked his knee up. Yup. And that was pretty uh, fucking egregious. Uh, and I can't remember where I found it, so I don't care anymore. Continue. <laughs> um... But yeah, uh, we yeah, like you were saying, we were able to kind of just keep it or just keep far enough ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, we got help in several situations where um, Rodrigo Blankenship doinked one, uh, mm-hmm. so the doink continues to live. Uh, that saved us three points. Um, there was a questionable call uh, at uh, the end of the first half. Uh, by the Colts where they elected to go for it on a fourth and goal on like the three or four um, Mm -hmm. and missed a touchdown pass by, you know, fingertips basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, But instead of taking three, they ended up getting nothing and turning the ball over. And that's when we turned around and drove the field Mm -hmm. uh, right before the half. Um, So had they taken three points there, had they made that field goal, uh, had they not gone for two, um at one point in the game and missed it you know they left you know six or eight points on the board or you know on the field yeah they left winning points on the field yeah so that was one of the things that you know we talked about on monday you know when we when we chatted briefly when these things were a little bit fresher in our minds was Mm -hmm. like the bills won and i didn't ever feel like, because the breaks came over time. Like, again, we didn't get a turnover or anything, but we got that missed field goal, and I was like, okay, cool, we got a break there. And it's like, okay, you know, they didn't, they they went for it on fourth down and didn't make it. Okay, we caught a break there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they came so steadily over the course of the game that I never felt like they were a major contributing factor until looking at them as a whole afterwards and saying, again, there's eight points. There's enough for us to lose. Um, and we really didn't do anything to take points off the board ourselves. Like we scored basically everything we were going to get against this team. Yeah. And especially, you know, unless we played significantly better. Right. Even though they weren't like the all-star defense from the beginning of the season that they started out, this was still a top five scoring defense. This is still a top five. Like technically that all-star defense lost their first game to the now team. That's going to get Trevor Lawrence. Oh, sure. Um, but it's still true statistically. Um, and they had an opportunity with two and a half minutes to two and a half minutes left in the game to straight up just win. Yeah. They, they were the last team to hold the ball and they couldn't get it done. 
because uh well and that was kind of the thing was uh we were talking about your your flashbacks to Steelers moments earlier mm-hmm. there was nothing quite like seeing Philip Rivers with the ball with four seconds left and him just heaving it heaving it with <laughs> every little bit of with every bit of old man strength he's got left with that and goofy Micah ass Hyde going no <laughs> yeah with that goofy ass throwing motion and Micah Hyde jumping up as high as I've seen somebody I think ever jump and just like never at no point was he thinking I'm gonna catch this he went with both hands a slap at the base yep. <laughs> and, and he knocked like, knocked that shit to the yeah. ground he looked like an Olympic volleyball player spiking it into somebody's face so on the initial throw I was like oh shit not again um <laughs> Uh, but upon further review, he'd have caught it at like the two. Yeah. Cause Phillip rivers cannot throw a 50 yard bomb. No. Um, so yeah, we caught breaks where we needed them. Josh had a, had a very good game. Um, but serviceable, I serviceable, I guess to your standards. Yeah. Serviceable. You know, he got the job. We got the dub. Um, he, he d- dude, he looked nervous. And I, I even, you know, when this game was on, I was messaging you. I was like, he doesn't look comfortable yet. Like I can see. I, and also we kept calling these goddamn designed runs again. Like mm-hmm. these QB, de- granted one of the QB designed runs turned into our first touchdown pass completely on accident. And definitely, no, that's definitely how they drew it up was Josh is going to take it, tuck it under his arm, run into a lineman, get pushed back two yards, and then like one hand while he's falling and jumping backwards, flip it to Dawson Knox. Yeah. That's didn't how we drew it. it up. Yeah, yeah, he didn't even throw it. He just like pushed it over to him. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and it My just kind of like wobbled. And, you know, at that point, the defense had collapsed down on Josh Allen. So Dawson Knox is just in the corner of the end zone like, oh, shit, he's throwing it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh uh this is not how uh, this not how this play is supposed to go not even a little bit but thanks for that uh one of your two catches dawson knox to quote uh to quote bleacher report i keep winning by doing wacky shit (laughs) (laughs) um yeah the the running game got absolutely nothing going uh zach moss is now out for the rest of the postseason with an injury um apparently we promoted somebody who wasn't antonio williams um, off of the practice squad, which seems like a mistake. But we also signed uh, Devontae Freeman, so we'll see how that goes in a week or so. Assuming we make it past, you know, the Ravens. Then we got to run on either you or the Chiefs. It's going to be a fun gay. Either. Fun gay. Fun, fun gay. Guy. <laughs> it's gonna That's be a it. fun game either way. Here we go. I'm just a mushroom. I'm a fun guy. Well, tell me about you in Baltimore. How do you feel about it? Conflicted. I think whoever gets hotter faster is gonna win this game. Um, like, I know what the problems with the Bills' defense is. I, you know, maybe we just put five on the line and like and call it good mm-hmm. and run like, you know, Milano and, you know, Milano and mm-hmm. Tremaine Edmonds. And then we put two corners and two safeties and we fucking call it good. And we just say our five against your five. Yeah, fuck the, fuck the line. Well, I mean, you almost kind of, I mean, yeah, a, a team that's been averaging 250 rushing yards over the past six games against a team that's allowed 163 rushing yards per game for the entire season. It's not a matchup you necessarily want to see as a Bills fan. No. 
You hate to see uh, it. <laughs> you hate to see it. And the problem with Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson is just a good enough passer. Yeah. She's just good enough to where if you sell out for the run, he has some weapons, and he ju- has just good enough arm to where he can punish it. So it's like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. I think I think containment on Lamar is going to be key. I think uh, plugging up the middle of the field is going to be key. If we can find some fucking way to do those two things, I think the secondary stands up. You know, Josh Norman has proven that he can get shoved by Derrick Henry, but has also <laughs> been like a valuable fucking asset at key times in games. Um, and so I expect his veteran savvy to be out there on full display against Lamar, who's still only been in the league for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect Tredavious White to go out there and lock up basically anybody. And I expect, um, I mean, and, you know, with the amount of tight ends and stuff that they use, you know, Tremaine, I don't fully trust in coverage, really, but he's huge. So yeah. he's just got to be close. And Matt Milano used to be a safety and will cover a tight end. He doesn't give a fuck because he's that scrappy, smaller dude. Yeah. Um. So as far as our secondary goes, like, I'm pretty confident. I'm really just concerned about that front fucking four mm-hmm. and their ability to stop the run and get enough pressure on Lamar, you know, to actually get to him and not just, like, have him scramble out of the pocket and then pick yeah. up 26 yards on a run. Right. Well, yeah, and that's where he burns you is when he squeaks out. You know, yeah. like the most the most effective pass rush on Lamar is when they gets there quick and makes him uncomfortable instead of looking for a lane. You know, because that's Lamar's first instinct. He looks at his first, you know, he looks at his first read. Pressure's coming, finds a lane and gets out. Yeah, you know, clog the lanes and make him uncomfortable to where he has to actually go through his options. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, and- and honestly, I'm hoping for snow because Lamar's never played in it before. Well, that was the thing. Other thing I was going to say, like even you, even with us being more of a passing offense, yeah, you do have an advantage that if the game's in Buffalo yeah. with fans at eight fifteen, it's going to be cold, and I hope there's snow. Let's Bills see. always play better in snow, unless it's against the Browns. Uh, let's see. The 10 day forecast for Saturday says, uh, in Buffalo, 1.6 inches of snow. Hell yeah, brother. No playoff game in Buffalo. Let's look at Orchard Park proper. Uh, because six inches blizzard game. Let's do it. (laughs) Uh, 2.8 inches. Hey, close enough. We're getting there. Calling for more snow then. That. Come on, Lake Erie. Let's fuck it up. <laughs> so, yeah, Lamar's never played in snow. Let's see how his footing does with all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think Josh will still fucking sling it through any type of weather. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, He has enough arm strength. He could push that thing through a hurricane. I think another key thing for your guys is because obviously with Zach Moss's inj- injury. And we get Kenny Stills now. Yeah. You can get Kenny Stills off the on the field if you need to, but like obviously with Zach Moss's injury and the trend away from the rushing game, I have a feeling the Bills are just all but given up on the rushing game at this point, unless I, it's Josh Allen. I hope so. And but the difference between you guys giving up with on the rushing game and like a team like the Steelers who gave up on the rushing game, I was gonna say yeah. Uh, you guys have Stephon Diggs. Uh, you guys got Gabe Davis. Uh, you guys got Cole Beasley. Uh, you guys got Dawson Knox who shows up occasionally. 
Um, is is Smoke healthy? Is he playing? I think so. I mean, he yeah. he's been catching stuff in the last couple of games. Yeah, I get the feeling that Kenny Stills it just like fits a position where he can go in for either Beasley or John Brown and just be a guy to like give them some breaks. Yeah, so just as much as you guys got to contend with their running game, they got to contend with arguably arguably the second or first best receiving core in the AFC, if yeah. depending on who you ask. Oh, in the league. Yeah, in the league. Yeah, top three for sure, and the position can be swapped depending on who you ask. Yeah. Um, so they got problems too, and... And they're, I mean, the Ravens second, like, I know their whole defense is good or whatever, mm-hmm. but their secondary doesn't, like, scare me. Yeah, there's nobody, there's nobody in that secondary that I feel like is going to take over like Marcus, the side of the field. Marcus Peters, maybe? Yeah, like, Marcus Peters, he's still really good, don't get me wrong. Marcus Peters still really good in the secondary, but nobody puts him on an island anymore. You know? Right. Like, I got my guy, you guys go play 10 on 10 over there, you know? Um the the ravens it i mean they're so hard to gauge because their defense is really good but there's nobody that stands out to like that's going to take over or take away one of the key pieces from buffalo like who's right. going to take away cole beasley who's going to take away stefan diggs right not only do you have to take them away you got to take them both away mm-hmm. because josh allen has proven that if stefan diggs isn't available he has no fucking problem feeding cole beasley for 150 yards as well yeah so you know, so Some, it's gonna it's it has to be a very complete team effort from Baltimore. Yeah, I think Baltimore is in a very similar situation against you guys as we are against the Chiefs. Baltimore has to play a complete game. If they don't, the Bills could very well, you know, put up a put put a hurting on them. We're we're an offensive team, and the defense mm-hmm. plays well at home, and it's a Saturday night game, so it's gonna be cold with three inches of snow, baby. And the fans are gonna be loud because there are fans. Hell and, yeah, brother! And hey, uh, if you beat the uh, if you beat the Chiefs, we get another game at home. Hooray! <laughs> and and playing in Buffalo for us is like literally almost no different than playing in Cleveland. So. Right. <laughs> Like, it's a little more snowy in Buffalo and a little more windy in Cleveland, but we're both used to it. Yeah. Ah. Sorry, listeners at home. No, you're not. <sighs> Fuck you. I can be sorry to them. I'm just not sorry to you. Fuck them. I don't even like them. Why are you listening to this? Trash-ass podcast. Whack-ass podcast. There's some serious whap over here. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to uh, not your granddad's game, but your dad's game. Rams beat the Seahawks. Man, that was actually kind of surprising. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, yo, that Rams defense, still really good. Um, kind of feel bad for him. Um, Aaron Rodgers is either going to be limited or out, or not Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Donald is either going to be limited or out next week. Or rib week. cartilage. Yeah, he's got some rib cartilage issue. So if he is playing, which it looks like he is, he's going to be pretty banged up. Yeah. But man, is Aaron Donald one of the scariest motherfuckers on the field, dude? Regularly, like, yeah, just normally. Um, you know, Russell Wilson was on his back a bajillion times. I think he got sacked five times is the official number. Uh, they couldn't get anything going on either side of the ball. That defense just beat him around, up and down that fucking field. 
Um, DK was really the only one that was getting open, but Russell was trying to feed him. You know, he only caught, he caught less than half of his targets. Uh, and the Rams were able to just not make mistakes. They had John Wolford in for the first quarter, uh, because Jared Goff's recovering from, uh, hand surgery. He broke yeah. his thumb. And then Wolford uh, got his fucking neck adjusted. Yeah. Then he got, he got his bell rung. Uh, he lowered his head into Jamal Adams uh fucking shoulder. shoulder pad and compressed his spine like that. Uh so he got taken out. So Jared Goff, who is literally only a few days, maybe a week removed from his surgery, is now like, "Oh fuck, I got to play." Get in there, champ. Yep. And his motto for that entire game was, "Don't fuck it up." You know. Uh This is why you got to have ambidextrous quarterbacks. <laughs> Ambidextrous and this is why you got to have Cam Akers and a good defense. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so LA was able to pop out to a lead and the Seahawks could never recover. Russell Wilson looked bad. Uh, he could never get comfortable behind that pass or with that pass rush. Uh, the offensive line has always been a weakness for Seattle. They have like one good offensive lineman this year. I'm sorry. When did Cam Newton start dressing for the Seahawks at quarterback? (laughs) Oh yeah. He did throw a Cam Newton. He threw about a Cam Newton right there. He actually had more touchdowns, so a Cam Newton yeah. plus some. Yeah. Because um, Cam Newton doesn't throw touchdowns. He had eight this year. Eight passing, 12 rushing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, Russell Wilson had an ugly interception. He could never get comfortable. The offensive line was porous, to say the least. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Donald basically ate everything in front of him. Aaron Donald got two. Leonard Floyd got two. Fucking Morgan Fox got one off the edge. Uh, you know it's a bad game when John Wolford's got the best completion percentage out of everyone. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't a lot. Like, uh, yeah, Cooper Cup had, like, one really good catch, but there was no highlights in this game. It was yeah. just the L.A. Rams' defense going, you guys stay over there and lose, and we're just going to make sure that we don't lose. Uh, hey, offense, do anything. Do anything, please. And w- and 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 you'll be fine because the defense completely took over that game. And that's why the Browns Rams Super Bowl is still possible. Mm-hmm. For now. My dad, I texted my dad that I already told you this, but for the audience at home, I texted my dad, my dad's a Rams fan. Uh hey, after the Rams won or the yeah, after the Rams won and the Browns won that Monday, or it was either late Sunday or early Monday. I texted my dad. I was like, hey, so that Browns-Rams Super Bowl, still technically possible. And he was like, yeah, if the only two teams the Jets beat during the regular season make the Super Bowl, that'd be peak 2020. Yeah. Also, also, uh, your dad agrees with me. Those jerseys look like trash. Yes, also, yes, yeah. Uh, he said he was... Uh, that he was uh, jealous because <laughs> the 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 Rams jerseys look like shit. Fucking cream jerseys. Who made that Fuck. call? Yeah, I don't know. The logo's awful. The cream jersey's awful. All right, fire that guy. Moving on. Moving on. Um, you wanna you wanna? Oh, didn't you say this is the one game you didn't see? Tampa Bay versus the football team. I this is the one game I did not watch. Okay. Uh, the only way, the only reason I'm vaguely aware of it is because uh, Taylor Heineke, and he played in the XFL, right, and was cracking seltzers in the locker room for the St. Louis BattleHawks, 
uh, and then he went out and had a decent game. So I watched the highlights and uh, read all the articles and stuff. So he's, he's going to be a good. starting quarterback somewhere next year. Either that or a really overpaid backup. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I will say, not necessarily about this game, but it kind of per- pertains to it, is what a turnaround the Buccaneers have had since the bye. Yeah. Um, Tom Brady finally looks comfortable in that offense. Which is um, unfortunate. Which is very unfortunate. Tom Brady looks very comfortable in that offense. He's making good throws. He has great numbers since the bye. The team's kind of clicking. Antonio Brown kind of finally found his role. So, man, the Bucks are scary going into the divisional round. Yeah, I don't like them. Yeah. I don't think they're going to get past the Packers if they make it to the conference championship. But, no, probably not. But um, upsets have happened before. All right. Uh, let's talk about the ground and pound game. Yeah, probably one of the most boring games of football I watched ever. It sounded until about... <laughs> until it sounded about the, pretty boring. Yeah, until about the third quarter where things started happening again. Uh, you know, Derrick Henry was held to 40 yards and he looked tired. He looked like a man that carried the ball 16 million times during the regular season and was kind of tired of doing that. Uh-huh. You know, he had 300 and 370 carries in the regular season. Jesus Christ. Uh, he looked tired. Ryan Tannehill could not do anything against that Ravens defense. Like I said earlier, the Ravens have a very good defense. Uh, Lamar Jackson, though, though, in turn, couldn't do anything against their defense as well, but it doesn't matter because they were able to rush for a combined 230-something yards when the Titans only got 50. Uh, like, yeah, that's this is the Ravens team that you don't want to see this coming yeah, no. weekend. I really don't. Is, is when Lamar is playing clean enough throwing the ball and then rushes for 100 yards or 130 yards. Though if they only put up 20 points, I'll take that. Yeah, you can you can outscore the Ravens if they only put up a 20 yard a 20 point um a 20 point effort. It looked promising in the first quarter. Defense was able to get some stops for the Titans. Titans got out to a 10 nothing lead and then the Baltimore's running game just completely took over. Yeah. And once it got to that point, it the game kind of became pretty boring. By Baltimore's running game, you mean a Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. J.K. Dobbins was efficient, but when Lamar Jackson is averaging almost nine yards a carry, fuck it, just scramble. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> he also had like a 48-yard scamper to the end zone where he just made a bunch of people look very silly because he's fast. Hey, you know, not bad for a running back. Not bad for a running back. We can start making those jokes again because Lamar Jackson's passing numbers <laughs> this year have been not great. Yeah. Yep. All right. And then the cleanup game, uh, which is the game that I literally fell asleep during because uh, I think I saw the second touchdown or whatever. Or No, it was an interception. And I was just like, okay, that's that's enough. I'm good. Yeah, no, I lied. The Ravens-Titans game wasn't the most boring game of the season. This was. Um, yeah. You know, there's not a lot to say about this game. Uh, Yo, Drew Brees, Drew, Drew Brees, Drew Brees was, yeah, Drew Brees was, he had a very Drew Brees game. He had a very Baker Mayfield game. Yeah. Um, good, because that's the, like his most apt comparison, Baker Mayfield, that is. <laughs> uh, short guy that can throw it seven yards at a time. Uh, Alvin Kamara did an Alvin Kamara thing. Hey, 
Mitch Trubisky, still bad. Still uh, bad. That defense does not deserve the offense that was stapled to it. <laughs> yeah. The the Chicago Bears went out on national television as a 500 team and only scored nine points. Nine points. As well, a, as a playoff team. Hey, at least they had a, a positive uh, point differential going into the playoffs. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, I know that was. That's the joke. There's no joke. Hard facts, dog. I own it. <laughs> um. Yeah, Allen Robinson's still a good receiver. Uh. You know, the Saints did enough against the fucking Bears. It's the Bears. Honestly, the game isn't what we need to be talking about here. It's the broadcast. Oh yeah, the Nickelodeon broadcast. Because because this game was on Nickelodeon and Cordell With a hard Patterson. Hard f bomb. Yep, Cordell Patterson single handedly. Uh, got the NFL kicked off of Nickelodeon, probably. Uh, I still don't understand to this day why they don't put fucking football games on a delay to catch that shit. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, like, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be hard. Like, how fast like, are people tweeting from the stadium? Seriously. Exactly. It's a three second delay or a five second delay, and as soon as a sound guy hears it, you hit a button. Yeah. And it mutes the audio for a second. You know, um, like Cordell Patterson while standing next to a referee while he was giving his his announcement of what the penalty was Cordell Patterson loud enough to where it was picked up by the ref's microphone went what the fuck yeah. on Nickelodeon on Nickelodeon technically on an NFL football field that happened to be broadcast uh to Nickelodeon but hilarious yeah. uh like when people scored touchdowns in this game they got slimed by virtual slime cannons uh fucking young Sheldon was out there explaining the rules uh Nate Burleson was on color commentary, which I actually did like. I love Nate Burleson. Uh, yeah. And the play-by-play guy wasn't bad. Like, the broadcast itself was entertaining, but it was entertaining in spite of the shitty football that was being played. Right. And um, I don't know how much it will improve the viewer base in the younger demographic by having future NFL games on Nick Elodian, but like I I'm I was down with having like Krabby Patty and SpongeBob references in the middle of watching the Bears get completely embarrassed on national television. Embarrassed. Let's do that some more. <laughs> yeah, that's the title. Embarrassed. So I'm down to do that again. Take a bunch of mushrooms beforehand. That is I th- I think that's like what a bunch of people were saying is like that's what this just proved this was a proof of concept of what the nfl would look like if you're on hallucinogens yeah because there's like shit flying around and like a bunch of cg shit and like fucking like when people would like when they do replays of like people getting hit there's like poof clouds and stuff and like it was and sound effects and shit yeah, <laughs> yeah like, i saw it was, a little bit of it it was very very funny um I would be down to watch more Nickelodeon football, especially mm. if Cordell Patterson's going to drop f bombs in the microphone. No more, more Bears games. Sorry, <laughs> no more Cordell Patterson games. <laughs> but man, is Mitch Trubisky still bad? Yep. Turns the out answers, the answer is yes. Turns out, don't draft quarterbacks that play in North Carolina. No, that's kind of been a precedent established since North Carolina had a football team. Oh, I meant the whole state. Oh. Like, how, how how them state quarterbacks doing? Losing in the playoffs, that's right. Look yeah. at you both, Russell Wilson and uh, Phillip Rivers. 
Well, I mean, but they're not from North Carolina. Neither is Mitch Trubisky, but I understand what you were saying. Yeah. Do you know what I am saying? You feel me, dog? I feel you, dog. Uh, you got, right. We got any other news or anything else to discuss before we wrap up the show? Well, we know... Uh, we already know our ideal AFC prediction. Uh, what's your NFC championship prediction? Who's going to the NFC championship? It's the Rams and Green Bay and Tampa Bay and New Orleans. I mean, I think it's I think it's Tom versus Aaron. I think Aaron gets the job done. Uh, I mean, they've had a whole week of rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got to play in Lambeau. Um, I. Just like like we were saying, you know, Tom looks comfortable in that offense now, and they're clicking. Mm-hmm. And you know, much like the Patriots of old, once that team, you know, once the team gets its shit together, uh, it's scary. It's scary. Um, again, they're still out, Mike Evans, but they've got AB now. So, did they lose that much? You know, Gronk is Gronk is still. He's not completely dominant like he used to be, but he's still out there making Gronk plays. Like, I've watched very little of Tampa Bay, but I've kept enough of an eye on them to be like, oh, okay, yep, they're definitely sticking around. They're yeah. definitely still a threat. Yeah. Um, but if anybody can beat them, it's Alvin Kamara. So I think that one's a closer game. I don't think, especially, I mean, especially just like literally with the Rams um, quarterback situation and Aaron Donald's injury. I think that's enough for Aaron Rodgers to just walk away with that game. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is going to eat. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be the Sunday game of the weekend. Is the Tampa Bay New Orleans game? Yeah. Um. So Green Bay and Bills in the Super Bowl. Could be. Could be. I mean, we'll see how. Oh, you know what'd be amazing though? Just picture it now. The narrative. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buffalo Bills. Oh, yeah, and we get to beat Tom, finally. And you get to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's the no, fantasy narrative. I mean, I would I would definitely take that one, but I think it's going to be Rodgers. Yeah. That's, he's just, he's too good this year. Uh, and, we'll see. And then, you know, they might beat us with their run game. And, and Aaron Rodgers will throw for 200 yards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a touchdown. Just yeah. one, though. Yeah, or 200 yards and four touchdowns. He's done that this season, too. (laughs) Hey, Aaron Jones, just get us close. I'll take care of the rest. You know, and I don't know how, like, Tampa Bay's got, like, a decent defense. But, you know, I mean, Green Bay's been suspect all year. So, I mean, I'd also kind of rather have the Green Bay defense in the Super Bowl. That's fair. You know, especially if they've really only got, like, Devonta, or, uh, who is Marquez Valdez-Scantlin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if like, that's kind of their only guy, then, or who, or who's, who's the big wide receiver from Green Bay? I'm not even, uh, Devontae Adams. That's who I'm thinking of. If they've, if they've really only got like one right wide receiver out there, then mm-hmm. we can put two guys on them. Sure. Just put Trey on them. There you go. Um, I got one bit of news, and then we'll close the show. I mean, I guess we could talk about literally all of the coach firings that's happened since the last time we recorded. Oh, yeah, Doug Peterson got fired. I Doug forgot Peterson. I did research for that. Yeah, Doug Peterson got fired for Yo, one. Eagles fans are still in denial. <laughs> oh, yeah, Eagle, that's right. By, by Eagles fans, I mean the one Eagles fan that I asked about how he felt about that. Yeah. 
Uh, long story short, none of it's Carson Wentz's fault, and he's still a good quarterback. Yeah. No. This is me not agreeing with that take. Yeah, no. Uh, my my statements, uh, my statements about my statements about Carson Wentz are well documented. Yeah, we got like how many episodes this season? Uh, this will be twenty seven. Yeah, half of them is me and you ripping on Carson Wentz. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that was really the big coach firing. Though it seems like he kind of forced himself out, so you know, big scale speculation yeah. has him going to the Jets currently. Yeah. yeah, the Jets are looking at him and Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma. Hmm. And then you know the other big um, rumblings of potential departures is Deshaun Watson. I didn't even have to start the GoFundMe. <laughs> I want it to happen so bad. I just don't don't bring him to Miami. Like, when I first heard that Miami might flip two over to Houston for him. Whoo! Yeah. Whoo! Don't need Fitzmagic at that point. Nope. Or New England might take a look. Well, of course. They're New England. They're always going to take a look. Yeah, but they don't... But, I mean, for Deshaun Watson, like, Miami's got the draft capital to actually make that move. Oh, sure. Yeah. I think... The Dolphins are going to... I think the Dolphins and maybe even the Washington footballers would be some serious landing spots for him. The Jets yeah, are but take does Trevor Desha- Lawrence. But does Deshaun Watson want to go to fucking D.C.? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Um, but I think that'd be a good match, especially with uh, Ron Rivera there. Sure. Yeah. A Cam I mean, Newton-esque he, quarterback. Yeah, a, a, a mobile, a dual threat. Yeah, a true dual threat, not like a Cam Newton-esque dual threat. Deshaun Watson can actually throw an accurate football, yep. not just rifle it 40, 50, 60 yards and let a receiver run under it, Cam. Yeah. Um, yeah, because the Jets, the Jets are going to probably take, if they're smart, the Jets will uh, uh, take Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts? You mean Love? Yeah. Jordan Love? No, not Jordan Love. Who the fuck am I thinking of? The guy from Ohio State? Yeah, Jalen Hurts. You mean the Eagles? Not Jalen Hurts. Who am I thinking of? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, who this. am I Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Look. Come on, college quarterback. Ma- Come on, college football many, guy. There's, there's too many J names, okay? Justin what, Fields just because just ass kicked in the national championship. He's just because there's irrelevant. three Josh Allens that are relative or relevant enough to be tracked by Madden. Are you saying there's too many J names? Yes. Okay. I'm still mad as hell that like Josh Allen is still super underrated in Madden and also that they won't fucking updates rosters, update <laughs> rosters properly. I can't even speak at this point. I'm so furious. Just update it yourself. Also, it's getting hot in this room because <laughs> I've not been running just... a fan. Just go in there and adjust the stats yourself. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could, but that feels like cheating. Says um, the guy who mods games and stuff. Yeah. You know what's really funny? I just found an article. Uh, which home it. team is most likely to lose this weekend? Six experts. Uh, four of them say the Bills. <laughs> Even though the Saints are playing Tom Brady in the Superdome. Mm. That seems disrespectful. Yeah, I think, I mean, people are still disrespectful of the Bills. 
Yeah, but it is the Ravens. So I think we've that counts for something. I think we've probably got the hardest matchup. Well, and you. Well, no, you guys. You guys have the hardest matchup. We've probably got the second hardest. The AFC is still the playoffs. I would still take literally any NFC team right now. I would take any NFC team and to not have to play the Chiefs. Yeah, (laughs) give me Tom Brady right now. I yeah. I fuck, dude. Give me like. The Rams, Tom Brady, the only I'll, one where I'd just I'll be go, like, you know what? I'll give up the home field. I'll go play there. Yeah, the only the only team in the NFC where it's just like, I don't want anything that they're selling is Green Bay. Yeah. Because Aaron Rodgers I want to play them on is, neutral ground. <laughs> yeah, if, like, we will see Green Bay on neutral ground. I don't want anything to do with them in Lambeau. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. Okay. Um... Then this has been this week's edition of the Fourth and Wrong Podcast for January the thirteenth, twenty twenty one. Two uh, hours. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening and watching. Uh, say goodbye, Keith. Goodbye, Keith. Love you. Bye. should all just move out to an area to we should just get concert security move out to an area and just actually make a boil the sheriff yeah i mean i've been saying to have a commune forever and nobody listens to me i know you would mm-hmm. as long as the internet's good yeah like it would just have to be a commune with great internet and as long as elon musk doesn't fuck anything up we'll have starlink so even if they don't have like fiber running out to the commune starlink is seems to be pretty dope i have no idea what starlink is i mean i'm i'm guessing i can put two and two together on it but yeah starlink is satellite internet but not trash right because instead of like doing like super like big satellites like super far into orbit he's doing a bunch of satellites closer to orbit so So putting a bunch of trash in the sky yeah (laughs) he's elon muskin He's fucking up launch windows, goddammit. Nah, it's fine. Uh-huh. Internet. I mean, it does propose, or it does, like, 
Impose, suppose? I don't know. It poses uh, an interesting point, which is that um, it would provide an option, like an option around bandwidth to a certain degree. Yeah, that is, you know, outside of just hardlining. Yeah, like well, what kind of speeds it, are they actually talking? Um, anywhere between fifty to one hundred and fifty megabytes a second. It's so, not... like comparable, yeah, comparable to your entry level cable or or. Um, um, fiber internet. And do they, do they have like pings sorted out or? Uh, 20 to 40 milliseconds is the average latency of that's, the people that are on the beta service. That's not bad. Yeah, it's literally like that's that's his whole goal is like uh, we need a high speed internet access for the entire globe, not this bullshit fucking satellite internet we have now, which is literal butts because yeah. internet is a utility One in 2020. It's years behind. Yeah, 2020, 2021. Internet is a utility. Yeah. You kind of need the internet. Yeah. Um, and Elon Musk is love him or hate him for his fucking political leanings and his quote unquote philanthropism. Uh, he has he has an outlook for the future of technology that I that I appreciate, and he's willing to throw a fuck ton of money at it. So good for him. He still like wish Tony Stark. No, yeah, totally. Like, he's, he is, he is, like, uh, yeah, just that. Like, he is, you know, Bruce Wayne. He is Tony Stark. Like, he's the rich visionary that hires a bunch of smart people to actually do the thinking. Right, but he's, <laughs> but he's Wish.com's Tony Stark. Oh, sure, because he, he doesn't have a, a space combat suit. He could. Well, also the political leaning stuff. Yeah, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of weird. I mean, I Quirky. think I think charging sixty nine four twenty for the Cybertruck or Cybertruck is hysterical. Um, so I, I kind of look at Elon Musk the same way I look at Kanye. I'm like, talk to me about the thing you're good at, and everything else. I don't want to hear a fucking word from you. Yeah, just just keep doing the Tesla thing. Keep doing the SpaceX thing. Now keep doing the Starlink thing. But like, I don't want to hear rockets. That shit is dope. Do not yeah. tell me your thoughts <laughs> about anything else. Yeah, I don't want to hear your opinions about the COVID vaccine. Just yeah. keep sending shit into space, my guy. <laughs> Like, go on the Joe Rogan podcast, get high, and talk about Sasquatch. That's that's the only time I want to hear anything but Starlink come out of your mouth. Also fine. <laughs> it's going to be a long outro this week. <laughs> four minutes of talking about Elon fucking Musk. <laughs> uh, yeah, well. It's going to be a real short intro because it's just going to be me saying, hey, we're going to talk about Elon Musk for four minutes. At, at and the then end. don't. <laughs> <laughs> and then we don't. Oh, so I got celebratory steak for me and Jenny tonight for Jenny the playoff win that I'm going to be celebrating Is it on Wagyu? Sunday. Not just any Wagyu. <laughs> Not Walmart Wagyu, baby. Mm-hmm. You, go to, you go to your butcher. A5. Japanese. How much does that run you a pound? $130 a pound. Holy shit. <laughs> First playoff win since in 26 years deserves $300 worth of steak, baby. <laughs> Ooh, and you got pound steaks? Well, yeah. Jesus. I'm going to cut them I'm gonna, I'm gonna in half and freeze the other two. 
It's gotta do my news. I gotta do my Anchorman warm ups. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's flat too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I could tell because the sound stopped coming through. <laughs> oh, you'll hear it on the recording. Yeah, I I always do. I always do. Oh, well, this is gonna fuck up the beginning of the well. The intro and outro are going to be real quiet. (laughs) You broke the streak. Whoops. Listen, I fixed it before we started. That is true. That is true. Yeah, you were definitely looking down and I was like, wow, he's either completely bored by this stat or... No, I literally, I was getting like the fifth phone call from work. So I thought somebody was literally dying or like there was like a hostage thing or something. Like, oh, fuck. Like, are they bumping the SART or the cert team out like i gotta go get my body armor i got shit to do like yeah um because i would have been i've been like hey either get a different tact medic or you're gonna have to wait for like another hour and a half because i'm trying <laughs> to finish this podcast <laughs> can the hostage taker hold it <laughs> jesus <laughs> i don't know how that's gonna look at the end <laughs>